Hey guys, this is Will, and welcome to Latinx Talks. Hey guys, I want to welcome you to episode 13 of Latinx Talks. In this episode, I'm speaking with Larissa Davila. She's the founder and CEO of BCO Consulting Group here in Austin, Texas. This company aims to help businesses and organizations grow by providing a spectrum of consultant services um, around business development and growth. Larissa shares with us her story as to how she arrived in Austin from Laredo, Texas. She provides us insight on what her experience was like as a businesswoman, as well as provide some tidbits of information as to what things you should look for when starting a new business and how to protect your product, content, or services. As always, I would love for you to join our Instagram page for updated episodes, as well as share our podcast with friends and other business folks. You can always find us on social media at Latinx Talks. Enjoy the show. I am originally from Laredo, Texas. I grew up in the Mexican side, in the Nuevo Laredo, Mexico side. Mm -hmm. And then when I was about 16, I moved back to, um, to Laredo. And um, my dad didn't want me to go to college. Really? Or he did want me to go to college, but he didn't want me to pay. He didn't want to pay for my college. Mm -hmm. So he said, if you go to the college, like the local community college here, mm -hmm. I'll pay for it. But if you want to go to a bigger university, then I'm not going to spend my money because you're a girl, you're going to get married, and your whole purpose in life is to have children mm, okay. and raise your children. Very, passes. very, yeah. very old school, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, so at that time, I didn't have very good grades. I told them, well, if I pay for my education, will you let me go? And he was like, yeah, sure, you can go. Well, little did he know that uh, I just didn't have a purpose for studying before. And uh, when I had a purpose for getting an education, and it mattered for me just, just for the point of being independent. And um, I heard about independent women that could do whatever they wanted to. And um, it, seemed like a, it seemed like the kind of life that I wanted. So that was... At that time, I was on the seventh grade. And from the seventh grade on, um, I was on the top 10 of my class. Mm -hmm. So That's pretty cool. it was a complete turnaround. I actually got um, accepted to Notre Dame, a full scholarship wow. back, back in, in high school. Yeah. But um, my dad still didn't let me go because <laughs> um, he didn't want that, um, he didn't see it right that a, a girl leave by herself in another city and right, then right. it seemed so far from him for him that he um he didn't didn't understand that if i went i was gonna come back and back for it for him it was just like too much mm -hmm. so i ended up going to texas m international which is the one in laredo okay and um i got my degree in business administration and um back then I always wanted to do social work, mm -hmm. and then it was a, 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 it, it was always an argument with my mom because my mom said, "Oh, te vas a morir de hambre if you want to do social work," and now I know that she was right. <laughs> but um, so, they're, they're underappreciated for what they do. Yes, yes, definitely. So um, I I ended up winning that fight, and I started my college education going for social work, but then. So the way the university is set up is that uh, you take classes by, so depending on the college that you are on, okay. that's the college where you're going to be. And um, so my college was super boring. You would go into class and then you would get out of class and um, that was it. You go home. Well, in the building that was, so there was a big alley, probably like a mile between one building and the other one. And the other building, it was a party. The whole time, there was always people listening to music and talking mm. and, you know, it was a big party. And I knew that I needed to be on that side of the, <laughs> like, on that building. 
So I asked around and they told me that it was the business building. So um, I, I, I went and I, I just dropped my, so I lost like two semesters of classes because I wanted to be on the party <laughs> building. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. no, so, when, you, when you're saying party, like literally party or like it was just a lot more fun for you to... It, it just seemed like people that were more fun. Okay. And uh, for me, it was the kind of like, that's what I wanted to do. The people that I knew and the people that I wanted to hang with mm -hmm. were on the business building. Uh, okay. So okay. I asked the, the college counselor, I was like, what do I have to do to be here? And she was like, well, you could go accounting, marketing, business administration. And um, so th those were the three options for, so to savage the, the classes, the most classes that I could, I could get those three careers. And I told her, just give me the one with the least numbers. And she was like, well, accounting, definitely no. <laughs> and then marketing has statistics, so you have to go for business administration. And that's how I got my degree. Well, I ended up loving the classes. I love everything about business administration. And um, so I thought to myself, I, I said, well, I still want to go for social work. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to get this degree because it goes with the people and the ambience that I want. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to be in business administration and social work. Okay. So... I ended up getting, I, I, I started, so I got a side job to pay for my college and I worked at FedEx and uh, I ended up getting promoted and promoted and promoted and then I needed to get promoted to, so in, in FedEx ground, which is where I was working at, um, you can only decline your, you can only decline to go up twice and then on the third one you have to quit because mm. it's a ladder organization encouraging the encouraged promotional growth yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. and then so I needed to be a supervisor in logistics but um, the thing is that I didn't I didn't want to because at that time I was I at that time so the the changing colleges was probably when I was 18 and then this is probably when I was like 21 mm -hmm. and then um, our biggest customer was Sony Sony Corporation and um, I applied for Sony and they, they, they hired me as a supervisor. Mm -hmm. But with FedEx, I would have had to work the, what they call the graveyard shift. Okay. Which was really, really early in the morning. So it was from yeah. like 11 at night till like four in the morning. And I was 21 years old. Um, my, the, the employees that were working there were in their early 40s. Mm -hmm. So I was a girl and then I was super young uh, and then the employees that I was going to be managing were older, older. men. Yeah, much yeah. older. Uh huh. And I didn't feel that uh, I didn't feel that that I could manage that. So I ended up moving as a supervisor for Sony Corporation, and I was uh, in logistics as well. Mm -hmm. And Sony is a very very nice company. It's uh, Japanese mm -hmm. and. Um, but it, but it was in Laredo, so I, I wanted to move to another city. I wanted to experience living in other cities, and I, I went to visit New York, San Francisco, and Houston, Dallas, trying to figure out where, where I was going to live. And then in 2007, I came to Austin, and it seemed like the right fit for me. So I went back to Laredo, and when I turned 25, in Sony, they made a party for my birthday. It was just like you know, a gathering, employee gathering, where they're being cake, very right. small. Well, one of the super, one of the one of the other supervisors told me, Larissa, you have it made, because so you are twenty, you're twenty five, at this point. So three years passed, and at this point, I'm twenty five. And uh, she says, uh, you you just turned twenty five. You've been with the company for three years and a half, and um, I started working here when I was eighteen. And um, so I've been working here for 25 years and it's been the most amazing journey ever. And I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> it's everybody, everybody has their cup of tea, you know? <laughs> for me, I started crying. I was like, I can't believe that I'm, I'm actually going to be doing what I never wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the following day, I called in sick and... Uh, 
I stayed with my friend in San Antonio and I came to apply for jobs in Austin. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how I got here. I got a, so I had to downsize. So my, I had, I had to get a pay cut of more than half of my salary okay. to come to live to Austin, but it didn't matter. It was completely worth it. So um, then I worked here for a couple of months in, um, in a little call center on South Austin, and then I got a job in Bentoli. No, then I got a job at IBM. At, uh, IBM. Mm -hmm. I worked there for a year, and then I got a, a better position at a local logistics company, which is kind of like FedEx and Sony, because in IBM, I wasn't working in logistics, and most of my experience was in the logistics industry. So um, I moved to Lone Star overnight, and I was working there for two years, and then a headhunter got me a job in Ventoli, which is a, it's a company based in the United States, but I was the logistics. So with FedEx, I was just regional. So I was part of region five. And then with Sony, I was logistics supervisor for the United States and Canada. And then with Lone Star, I was a supervisor for the United States. And then with Ventoli, it was all of America, mm -hmm. some parts of Europe, and then some parts of Asia. Oh, wow. And okay. uh, so before, I was always uh, out, outbound. And uh, in Bentoli, I was inbound and outbound. It was a really, really interesting company. And I was there for two years. But the hours were very long because you have to be working with every time zone. And if you're really, I ended up being the operations manager for that company. And... Um, it was good and it was interesting, but it, it, you don't have a life. Mm -hmm. you, you're absolutely always working with, always working with the sales teams and with the logistics production and fixing everything that has to do with customs in every different country. It's a complete, you have to, you, you really have to love logistics. Six yeah. yeah. So you have to deal with the customs in Venezuela and then you have to deal with, uh, ground transportation in Mexico, for example. So sometimes they'll, it's just crazy. Logistics is crazy, but um, I loved it. It's just that it was way too many hours. And then that was in 2014. So during the day I was working in business and then during the night or during the weekends, I was trying to find my dream job doing administration for a nonprofit or social work company. And um, I, I, at that point, I was, I was working with 11 nonprofits, mm -hmm. all different stuff. So I was working with uh, Safe Place, I was working with uh, CMOS in UT, I was working, you name it, whatever, <laughs> a ton of nonprofit organizations. And uh, I loved it and I didn't get tired, mm -hmm. but um, I wasn't getting anywhere. So I was just volunteering and doing all this work. And uh, so I, I, I wasn't able to do, I guess, the crossover from corporate America to, uh, non to the nonprofit business or nonprofit industry, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then my husband told me, well, maybe if you were able to, maybe if you were to take a sabbatical from corporate America, and uh, right now I think we can manage for you to take some time off so that you can figure out or that you can volunteer more in one or two organizations with uh, the hopes to get a job as in, ad in an administrati administrative position. So I did. That's what I did. I uh, ended up giving my two months notice mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I started my sabbatical and I was doing all the nonprofit, but um, I, um, people would see that uh, what, what so they, they were like, oh, you know how to do business plans and you know how to do marketing and you, you can help me get better rates with um, logistics. Uh, so bringing my product from Mexico mm -hmm. or importing my product from Mexico to the United States or... And, and these are for nonprofits that were so doing that? instead of me, instead of the nonprofit administration people seeing my skills, the other volunteers were seeing my skills. Gotcha, okay. So I ended up having all these appointments. So it was one day my husband is looking at our credit card uh, statement mm -hmm. and he says, 
well, this is the most interesting sabbatical ever ha anybody has ever had. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you had breakfast at Starbucks, and then you had a brief lunch at, at Cheesecake Factory, and then you went back to Starbucks, <laughs> and then you had a <laughs> early supper at, at Cheesecake Factory. <laughs> and uh, so these are all expensive restaurants, yeah, yeah. and um, or at least for our budget they were. <laughs> and um, so my husband says, so what are you doing? I thought that you were going to be volunteering. And I'm like, well, I'm volunteering. This lady needs a business plan. This lady wanted me to fill out some forms. This lady wanted me to do the marketing strategy. And this lady wanted me to teach her how to use Facebook. <laughs> so, and he said, I'm not asking you to charge them, but at least they should pay for your coffee. Like if you are giving them all this input, then uh, you should. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so... I got so, so first when, when he told me about the sabbatical, I got so mad at him. I was like, ay, es un machista, ya no quiere que trabaje, mi trabajo no importa. And, um, and then my friend said, Larissa, if somebody ever offered me to take a sabbatical, I would take it. And I was like, okay, I'll, I'll think about it. And I did take it. And then when he told me about this, I'm like, well, He's like, what is he talking about? He doesn't, he wants me, he tells me that he wants me to help, but he doesn't want me to help. <laughs> I can't understand what he's saying. And then the same friend that told me the first time, she says, well, he has a point. Yeah. Maybe you should just send them a bid and mm -hmm. tell them that you are consulting and maybe they'll pay. Yeah. Who knows? And um, so I kept on going back and forth and um, then uh, I don't know if you're familiar with who Marta Cotera is but she's uh, she's Marta Cotera is a feminist from since the 70s mm -hmm. and she's she's she lives here in Austin she's very powerful uh, I mean not powerful in the way that haha she's powerful <laughs> but um, no, I know she's, she's uh, a very very influential in the community <laughs> no <Yeah>. hidden <laughs> powers anywhere <laughs> and then um, she was, she, she, I guess she has been a mentor for me. I'm not sure if she knows, mm -hmm. but, um, because there's nothing written down, but, um, I, yeah. I always seek out for her, uh, input. I've, I've known her for a very long time, at least seven years. I've, I barely got to Austin and, and I started, I, I met her. And, um, so I met her at a, at a women's meeting. And uh, she started inviting me to events, and I kept on going everywhere. She told me she seems, she seemed like such an interesting person, that um, whenever she would call, she would text me and say, "Be here at six. <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing better to do, so I would just go. Okay, cool, let's show up. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, we, and up to this date, if she says, um, "Larissa, I want you to be here. I'll be there." She's 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 been, I guess, a, a blessing for my life, and mm -hmm. and she's helped me see the world in a very from a very different perspective, and. Um, so I, I told her about the whole, my husband doesn't want me to help the world. And she was like, well, she said, people who like to help the community need to have gigs more than jobs. Mm -hmm. Because if you have gigs, then you can accommodate to go to a march or go to volunteer whenever it's needed all over the world. Like whatever you want to do, you can do. So it, it'll be better if you do have a side job. So he's right. Go ahead and go ahead and and put together your business. And I was like, I don't even know where to start, because because I always worked in corporate, mm -hmm. so yeah. everything was already there for you. I knew how to do. I'm I'm an I'm an internal auditor. I worked with ISO for, since FedEx, so I I knew how to do the procedures, but I didn't know how to fill out forms and all that for for the city. So she taught me. She helped me fill out the forms okay. and. We created the business together. She helped me. And uh, then another very influential person in the community, her name is Monica Peña. And uh, she helped me also with uh, figuring out how I, w I was going to present my bids and all that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I would say they are the madrinas of my <laughs> business. And then first came, I guess, I tell, I tell everybody that first came the older ladies. Because Martha, right now, this year, I think she turned 80. Oh, wow. That's yeah, she's awesome. going to she's gonna receive this year, she's going to receive the Teresa Lozano Award. Um, okay. 
she's she's received hundreds of awards all over the United States for her for her work. That's very cool. And um, the, so first came the older ladies because Marta called all her friends mm -hmm. and they were all my customers. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the council. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I bet that she called. I, I, she says she didn't, but I'm pretty sure she did call them. <laughs> and then first come, came them and then all the women because um, I was in a lot of nonprofit organizations for women. Mm -hmm. So... Um, they started also asking me for gigs that I'm pretty sure they were just trying to help me. And um, so it's been two years that my, my business has been growing a lot. So now I have two other ladies that work with me, for, one of them full time, the other one on a project basis, mm -hmm. and several other women that also work in a subcontracting basis. So depending on the projects that I get, it's the people that I recruit and then the same way for them. Sometimes I work Whenever their consulting firms um, need more people, then they they hire me and my team and and we work together. It's it's a very good I guess it's a synergy where several consultants mm -hmm. work together, and uh, that does allow me to do a lot of volunteer service with the community. And so, I guess I still want to do more. There's only 24 hours in a day yep. <laughs> plus. But there's the husband <laughs> who has been, I, I must say that he has been absolutely supportive of everything that I've done. And, and not only that, but he, he, he doesn't really get into the business. But um, whenever I have any, when, whenever I have a need, maybe on his scope of work, I have a business or a customer that is, that is so he, also, he will also ask, ask, act as a consultant for me and then uh, so he's been very supportive to, throughout this four years mm -hmm. and so now we have a baby and but um so it, it's it's pretty cool and uh, and um i i guess if any so it seems to me that this is only the beginning uh, i can't add any more words to it <laughs> you're in the infancy stage yeah, yeah but um but i feel that i from for my parameters, I feel like it's total success. So BCO kept on BCO my, my company. I was gonna say actually before we go too far, what's the name of your company and what as a whole, what were the services that your company provides? So BCO stands for bilingual community outreach. Okay. And uh, I work with the, the bilingual community. Mm -hmm. So the, the the main customers or the larger customers are individuals that are are their, their main language is in Spanish and they want to do business with the Anglo community or larger Anglo organizations that want to get into the Spanish-speaking community. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so you're pretty much that bridge between both worlds. Yeah. Okay. And so, so I, provide, I provide services for the larger organizations, for example, if they have a grant and they want to get a... In, get an immersion into the Spanish-speaking community, then I help them with that. So, and then the other way around, there's a business owner who has been working for several years with the Anglo community, but they don't have a structure in their business. Mm -hmm. So I help them create that structure. So depending on the stage of the business that you are, I will help you to develop. So for example, I usually don't work with startups or businesses that are less than a year because I rather them go through organizations that will help them understand what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I, I they so the people that are do, starting a business most of the time they don't have enough resources, time resources and money resources. Mm -hmm. So I send them to local organizations that will provide with the education for free or at a reduced price mm -hmm. and they will learn to do it so they I, I rather they go and learn and then once they're ready come and then we're speaking the same same language right the basics yeah. mm -hmm. but if they prefer that i work with them and then teach them on the way then i do okay. and so whether it is a, I need to go register my business at the Texas Comptroller or the Travis County, so it's going to be a corporation, it's going to be a DBA, mm -hmm. I help them with that, or I help them create an operations um, 
operations procedure. I help them do business plans with uh, objectives. So people believe that business plans are just to get a loan at the bank, but it's actually in an operations plan for the future. Mm -hmm. And uh, their business plans are living creatures. Mm -hmm. So I help people understand that, and then I help them create and start to move and grow with, so it's like a dance, right? So there's the, so when you, when you want to open a business, you think that you're gonna provide a service. But as you continue in your business, you figure out that whether you wanna offer that, but people will, will pay for this, right? So then you have to move your business plan and adjust. adjust so it, yeah. you either drop some services or improve the services that you wanted to offer that way people will want those services but in the meantime you have to make money right so we i help my customers figure out what is the high frequency and what is the high revenue and what are the business what are the business services that even though they're not high revenue or high frequency but they love those services so we keep them on their on their business plan or their business and we we create profitable businesses. What would you say is one of the the, the, uh, the biggest obstacles for a person trying to operate the business from your perspective? So there's several obstacles, but um, then I don't know how many hours you have. But um, <laughs> so one of them is lack of information okay. and lack of resources. So you either have the time, but you don't have the money, or you have the money, but you don't have the time. And sometimes you have time and you have a way to get the money, but you're not good at what you want to do. Okay. So in order for a business to succeed, you have to be good at what you do. You have to, and then another thing is that people say, oh, I want to open my own business because I want to be my own boss. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as you're gonna be your own boss. So when you work in a corporation or you work for a company, you have one boss. Right. When you're a business owner, you have, if you're lucky, which I hope everybody's lucky, you're going to have more than 30 bosses. Mm -hmm. And you can't, the, so customer A won't say, oh, you're working with customer B. No worries. I'll wait. Everybody wants their everything. Everybody, in, in so yeah. it's like you cut <laughs> the head of the boss and then you find like 30 new heads. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there's a misunderstanding of what business is. So it's having a business, it's very easy. Having a very successful business, it's also very easy. But people have to understand where they're standing and what they're doing, in, and they have to understand their resources. Mm -hmm. So uh, I have had uh, several customers that say, well, they paid me 10 bucks, but I gave them the work for 50 bucks. So you're not providing a service, you're actually hurting yourself and you're actually hurting your customer mm -hmm. because your customer is gonna be used to what, the pro to, to the price that you're providing. And then when whenever you have 30 customers, then they're all gonna be expecting that you do the, so it's, it's, Lack of information and lack of understanding of mm. what is required and what what is a business, and then so that that is that is one of the biggest obstacles, I guess. So there are there are two depending on the industry, is what what they're gonna find. Another another one is uh, people don't want to deal with the finances, mm. so they open a business and they'll leave it to their to their husband or to their wife. And, but in order, in order for you to, to leave your, or they'll, they'll even leave it to an accountant. But if you're not on top of the accountant trying to figure out how your finances are going, then your accountant is not going to be able to provide with the services, the, with, with the service that you need. So it's, it's a living creature. So mm -hmm. you can't have a baby sleep all the time, but not feed them. Right. 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 You have to like. Have a happy theme, balance yeah, with have a ha yeah. Find, finding the happy balance, I guess, is one of the biggest obstacles. In the Hispanic or Latino community, a big, big, big obstacle is the lack of understanding of contracts. Mm -hmm. So I started the business with my brother. 
I start the business with my dad. I start the business with my best friend, mm -hmm. with the neighbor, you know? And then you put all this time, emotions, money into a business for five, six years. And then you realize it's not yours. Mm. It's not your business. And they can take it away if they can. Right. So contracts, they're very important. And people, the other day I was dealing with one of, one of, one, uh, so he's a ca happy camper now and he got his business and all. But, um, so he grew his business with his neighbor. By the time I connect with them, they've been in business for 15 years. 50 50. Mm -hmm. One of them is doing six things per month, the other one is doing more than 35 things. So both of them are getting 50% of the profits, but one of them is not. The work is not balanced wow. because there was no contract or there was no business plan with expectations of who was doing what. So when I get to the picture, he's asking me to help them sell the business because he's, he's done and he's tired and he doesn't want to do it anymore and he doesn't know how to get out. So I tell him, well, if you're doing 50-50, let's balance the 50-50 because your, your partner doesn't want to sell. So we balanced it. So he had been trying to get the business for four years. And then we balanced the work in September and the partner sold in October. Mm. So he only did a 50-50 job for two months and then he was like, this is too much for me, I can't. So we did a contract and then he wanted to, so he said, okay, we'll sell. Well, then he calls me and he says, hey, he gave me the contract, we won. Um, and this is over $10 million company. Wow. So he says, we're ready to, we're going to sign tomorrow. And then I'm like, okay. And then he says, I want you to read the contract. Well, I'm no lawyer. Mm -hmm. I'm no corporations. Like, even if I was a lawyer, I'm not a corporations lawyer. You have to go to an attorney. And then he says, well, they're very expensive. <laughs> and I'm like, how much are you going to pay for it? He was going to pay $1.5 million to, to this gentleman. Hmm. And he didn't want to pay $700 for an account, for an attorney to read the contract. And <laughs> That's like pennies on a dollar compared to what he's, he's going to be investing. It's pennies compared yeah. to, I yeah. helped them see the perspective and I'm like, you have to go see an attorney. You have to have them read. And even if you pay, charge you $1,400, you have to have them read it. Yeah. Because it's not even 1% of what you're um, <laughs> going to be giving. So it ended up being that the contract said that if for one month he didn't pay the monthly payment that he was going to pay his partner, then the deal went down. Mm. So he was actually about to sign that. So wow. even if he gave him $1.2 million, if he forgot to give him the monthly payment, then the partner was back in the company. So he ended up paying the $700, he got his protections, and uh, it's been a couple of years that um, he is full owner of his kingdom, I guess. We call <laughs> for him, we used to call it the kingdom because um, um, that's the way he, he so, so I help my customers understand these things. And okay. uh, so it could be something so little as I want you to do a logo and I have my team who will, I work with several designers that will give me a good price for creating the logo according to their needs mm -hmm. to bigger business transactions like that one. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty, pretty big spectrum of services. It's, so yeah. I, 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 I guess the best way to describe it, I'm a business administration generalist. So anything that has to do with, with business general understanding of how a for-profit or non-profit organization works, then I will provide with the service as a general, like generalist. Mm -hmm. And then if we need to do something like more, I guess, targeted, 
then we'll go with a corporation's attorney. We'll go to a accountant for a nonprofit. So, so, are, so okay. I guess what the the, the the group part is saying is that I, I'm not providing the service by myself. If if I need to get the support from other people to give you an educated response to what your business needs, then we will get it. Okay. What would you say um, has been one of the biggest learning lessons that you have come across in your journey of getting to where you are right now? I guess I, or not I guess, I know that I am, uh, I hesitate a lot. So should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? Mm -hmm. I don't have the money if I do it and then it doesn't work. So now I understand that if you're gonna do something right and you're gonna take, you're gonna do the necessary assessment for what you're doing, it's gonna be okay. So I think the biggest obstacle for my growth has been myself. Mm -hmm. as, as with most of us. <laughs> uh, yes. And, um, it's it's something that I guess you improve with you, you improve with time, and uh, you start working faster in the way that before I wanted to launch a project and it would take me years. At this point, if I want to launch a project, then it'll be like within months, mm -hmm. and um, so I'm from a small town and and I. And, and I run into several people that are from bigger cities. Mm -hmm. And um, so for me, if I wanted something before, I would, so if, if I wanted an interview with you, first mm -hmm. I would connect with you on LinkedIn, then I would start liking your post, then maybe comment. <laughs> and then two years from now, I would figure out where you were gonna be and mm -hmm. then um, um, reach out to you and say hi. And then, so it was just such a, I guess, a recon project that would take me <laughs> three years to get to the person to that I wanted to get. Yeah, yeah. And then I get to, I start meeting people and they come from uh, Miami or New York and they just go and get it. So they yeah, want an interview with you. Speed, yeah. They just like figure out where you're going to be. Just get there and say, hi, I'm Larissa and I want an interview with you. <laughs> and here I am trying to... I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been liking his post since 2010. <laughs> and, oh, that's um, funny. So <laughs> I, I think a lot. And um, so I guess my biggest obstacle and that I'm trying not to seem like I want it so bad or not mm -hmm. trying. And I don't know if it's a good girl thing or <laughs> it's a little town girl or it's a girl thing or business person. I don't know. So. I don't know where where the glitch is, but um, so I'm pushing myself to be more strategic and be faster with what I want to do. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that has detracted me from getting to where I want to be is is that mm -hmm. that I that I am very, I guess. Would you consider yourself to be like very analytical? I am very analytical. Okay. And um, so I guess. In Spanish, they say, tu mayor virtud es tu peor defecto. Yeah. So your, your biggest strengths can be your biggest weakness. Yeah. yeah. So the good thing is I'm very analytical. And because I'm very analytical, uh, most, of the, most of the projects that I invest my time or resources in are good projects. Mm -hmm. The thing is that it can take me a while to launch. So... If, if I did that, so, you know, an, another thing that uh, you were, we were talking about is uh, Latino obstacles. Mm -hmm. Another one is trademarks. Mm, okay. So people have a dream and then they're analytical and then they're trying to like find the right time, the right budget, the right space, the right something. And in the meantime, they're brainstorming and they're telling people. Bouncing ideas off of people. And the, yeah. yeah, they're bouncing ideas and they take away their ideas. Mm. And it's very, very common within smaller circles. My family, my brother, my sister, my right. friend, my neighbor. They, they bounce ideas and then people take their ideas and there's nothing they can do because there's no trademark. So we as Latinos need to be better at 
working with our contracts and then our trademarks and how knowing knowing how to navigate the checks and balances that this country has so there's a lot of progress and we can do it mm -hmm. but we have to learn how to navigate and when we have to protect our things and our, our our ideas the the other day i i, I was working with a um, a non-profit and uh, so I helped launch a project and um, they were using the fiscal sponsorship of another of a non-profit and I was helping them and then they were going they were about to register the project hmm. and they told me they point blank told me oh we're just gonna go ahead and tra uh, copyright it and I'm well, why are you gonna copyright it if it's not yours mm -hmm. And they said, well, yeah, but uh, we hired you so that you would help them. We're paying for the media. We've always launched, so we've always used our resources. So yes, it was their idea, but we've, we've managed to get to where it is. So we're gonna copyright. And is it, is it legal? Yes, because, so it's, I guess it's not moral Protect or it's not ethical. Ethical, maybe. Yeah, I yeah. guess it's not fair play, mm -hmm. but it's legal play. Right. So there was a very blurry line, and then this 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 person could have lost their project. So I told them, you know what, I'm out of the project. I don't want to have anything to do with it. Mm -hmm. And um, they ended up not taking away the project, and I ended up losing the relationship with the nonprofit because I spoke up about mm -hmm. what I didn't think it was right right but at the end I guess it was right for me so I didn't want to work with a nonprofit that had a, that so for them it was fair play and for me it wasn't so I'd rather not yeah it's about be, doing the right thing yeah, yeah. and uh, and whose fault was it it was our fault because us we don't register so I ended up helping this project fill out the paperwork to get it copyrighted at the library of congress mm -hmm. we did a quick register at the travis county and now the project is theirs and theirs forever to keep cool. but how many how many people are going through the same and how many ideas are being taken away just because we don't we don't do our like the necessary research and then people say oh the library like copyright <laughs> right but it's really easy you just have to fill out a form and pay mm -hmm. and and uh, you have to do it and then what it, it i i have it forever engraved engraved in my mind that they said well because I, I i i told them i said and this was an open meeting and um they said oh we're just gonna take it away and i was like well some people have ideas every day this this person in particular this is the one and only idea they have had ever mm. and and because of their um situation and all that it's not like they're gonna be able to do a lot of um a lot of things with because you know like immigration and all that so i told them well if you want to do this then i mean i don't think it's right like you're gonna take away the one idea that they have yeah yeah and um and 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 they told me, you know what? You're, you're talking about the project like it's their baby, right? And I'm like, yes, yes, it's their baby. <laughs> and then and then they said, well, if you have a baby, you, you just take the baby out of the hospital or do you register your baby? We want the baby. Mm -hmm. We're going to register that baby. We're going to give that baby a home. <laughs> they want to force adopt. <laughs> they wanted to force adopt the project. And you know what? This is something that people do every day yeah. in the United States because we leave the doors open. Mm -hmm. So So for those that are listening in the podcast, the, the takeaway would be to make sure that once you get your idea, properly go through the channels to get it protected, uh, either through copyright, through trademark, through whatever industry you're in requires. Uh, and then making sure that you you know follow up and before you start sharing your idea with everybody in the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it's not their fault. It's not so if so. Sometimes we're um, uh, we are victims of uh, I, I, there's a word for it, but it's like you bounce ideas with me, and you're so good at bouncing ideas with me that I don't even realize. So you 
you're talking to the to the subconscious part of the other person mm -hmm. so you tell someone something and then that person doesn't even know that you told them that mm -hmm. it happens a lot a lot with baby names mm -hmm. so there's two friends and then they're trying to figure out what they're going to name their babies when they're 18 so one says oh i'm going to name my baby sarah because it means awaken and pretty and beauty and princess mm -hmm. and then Five years later, the other chick has a baby, and she names him. She, she names the baby Sara, and then she doesn't think that she took the name away from the other person. She just knows that it's a beautiful name because mm -hmm. it means princess and beautiful and all that. Mm -hmm. So people don't do it on purpose, but if you share your ideas with other people, and then it goes. You you you're you are so passionate about your idea that you sell your idea to another person and then that other person will take it and will do it right mm -hmm. and you can't say anything because it wasn't copyrighted. It wasn't yours to be. Well, yeah. it was and, the idea and, yours, and, but and wasn't And you didn't yours. act upon it. Mm -hmm. So with businesses, you have to be quiet until you launch and you have everything registered, copyrighted, everything. So. Depending, depending on what it is, it's a copyright, trademark, business registration, whatever, whatever you have to do, um, be very careful with your intellectual property. Um, what, what do you feel has been some of the learning opportunities or things that you learned about yourself from the perspective of being Latina? Well, I didn't know. So I come from the twilight zone. <laughs> Explain. <laughs> it's like you, like it's for example for Puerto Rico. <laughs> You're part of the United States, but you will never experience growing up. You'll always see um, Latino doctors, Latino mm -hmm. lawyers, Latino business owners, Latino rich people, Latino, mm -hmm. you know, and they all speak Spanish. And so you, I remember I was working at, um, in Laredo and there was this lady in accounting and she was, she was Anglo. And then, um, she was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I remember one day she got mad and she said, you know what? I'm going, I'm getting out of this explicit, explicit mm -hmm. um, town, and I'm going back to Dallas. You all think you're the explicit, mm -hmm. but you live in the twilight zone. Mm. Everybody busted in, like, laughing, because the twilight zone, at that time, there were the twilight files, or the twilight something. There was, like, yeah, yeah. X-Files. X-Files. So oh, there actually was a, a twilight zone. The the twilight TV show, I think, was... Uh, channel 30 sci-fi channel or something like that yeah so when she said the twilight zone everybody thought about the, the show, TV show yeah. and we were laughing for weeks mm. about the twilight zone and then she would go to work with her like cowboy boots and her she was very country mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she was the only country person and the only white girl in the in the business because in Laredo 95% of the population is Hispanic who speaks Spanish right okay so when she said that it didn't click to me it was just like yeah loca you know like whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. so she left and then it didn't happen to me until I came to Austin and then where's that beautiful accent from I didn't even know I had an accent. <laughs> and then, um, so every time I would say, oh, I'm from Mexico. You don't look like Mexican. Mm, okay. Well, I, I look very Mexican to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so <laughs> it, it just it just started like getting getting to me. So it took me a while to understand that I was no longer in the twilight zone mm. and that I was very privileged that I grew up there because I never saw it. So for me, it wasn't a matter of are you going to college or not. It was a matter of what college are you going to. Like, so everybody would talk about college or there was no problem finding a job because your last name was... Uh, my, my, my maiden name is Perez. Perez, okay. So there was never an issue with Larissa Perez. So everybody, it was just the last name, like the same last name that the major had, you know? So, so the major and that's in a little town was Perez as well. Yeah, there, there's so there's so. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter if you were Hispanic or not because everybody was Hispanic. So gotcha, there was okay. no there was no 
so for example my little my little niece came to live to Austin in 2015 mm -hmm. and she was with me for 30 years so when she came here she couldn't understand the separation by race ah uh, gotcha Gotcha, right, gotcha. so she was like, "What's like, what's going on here?" Mm -hmm. And and I explained to her. I told her, "Well, you're coming from a community that it's on a class basis, so people, they, everybody's the same race, so they won't, they they won't that discriminate." People that made more money yeah, and uh -huh. less money and whatnot, yeah. And then last year she moved back to Laredo, and she and she says, "Everybody's so mean. They're always talking about money, and they're judging people by what by, by what they wear." And I told her, okay, you had the opportunity to experience the race-based system mm -hmm. and then go back to the class-based system. And none of them are bad. They're just seeing through their own mirror what they want to see. So yeah. my experience as a Latino coming to Austin has been that, first of all, if there's any Anglo people listening to this podcast, <laughs> there's more rock bands than Mana. <laughs> there's thousands and thousands of rock bands. <laughs> but um, so I, at first it was funny. Yeah. And then it started getting just annoying. <laughs> and uh, at first I would just humor them with, oh, yeah, we are. And then I'm like, no. Not anymore. Like, I'm not yeah. going to roll my R's for you. Yeah, yeah. No more. <laughs> and um, and then I, 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 I guess I found the perfect spot in my life where most of my customers, like 90% of my customers are Spanish-speaking customers. Mm -hmm. And then the other 10% are government agencies. So I don't have to do small talk or I don't have to, like, for, for me, I'm in my happy place and I like my happy place. For those that are listening, I'm sitting here with Larissa Davila. She's the founder and CEO of BCO, Bilingual Community Outreach Consulting Group, here yes. in Austin. Um, so if anybody is interested in, in they have their own business or, or looking to get some consulting information, and, and how can they connect with you? Well, they can find me through LinkedIn, PCO okay. Consulting Group, Larissa Davila, or they can find my website, PCO Consulting Group, or they can give me a call. My phone number is 512-636-6381. Perfect. Great. Well, Larissa, thank you so much for being on the show, and it's been a pleasure. And uh, for those listening, I hope you have a great week, and we'll catch up with you next week. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in and please do not forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Latinx Talks.